0: You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, as Pete said, we are currently in a series entitled 40 Days, and we've been looking at the whole thing of sacrifice and encounter. How by giving up things, making sacrifices, surrendering ourselves more to God, we can get to encounter him more fully and more powerfully. And so far we've looked at the sacrifices of prayer and of repentance. I think it would be fair to say that we live in a society that has so much on offer for us to enjoy. Especially living in London, I'm sure you'll agree it's a really exciting city to live in. Um, But it's so easy to get caught up filling our free time with so many activities, experiences, um, purchasing all the latest must-haves, eating and drinking in plenty, that sometimes um, it's good to stop and actually think, what am I really pursuing? What is my purpose really about? I don't know if you've ever come across a scene like this. You're out for dinner with your friends and it's almost like everybody's caught up on their mobile phone. Um, I'm sure that wouldn't be anybody here, you know, but it can be a typical scene that you might see here in London or in Ealing. And uh, it is so easy to get so consumed with things or so distracted with things that we can almost miss the main purpose. You know, it seems obvious, doesn't it? Just put your phone down, enjoy the company. And I think that's what we want to think about today, is that we get to enjoy a relationship with God. I mean, that's pretty great, isn't it? And you know, that's what Georgie's celebrating today and getting baptized. She has encountered God for herself. She is enjoying knowing God, having a relationship with him. And I think in order to pursue this relationship to the full, we're going to need to make some sacrifices along the way. And so today we're going to be looking at the whole thing of fasting. I don't know how familiar you are with fasting, but essentially it means giving up food. But like that scene before, I want to encourage you to think it's less about what we're giving up and more about what we're making room for. Um, Sacrificing what we need to survive in exchange for more of what we need to live. So we're going to be asking a few questions. What is fasting and why should we do it? And since it's actually a practice that is found in all cultures, societies and religions, we're going to be thinking particularly about Christian fasting. What does fasting mean for the Christian. Okay, so what is fasting? Well, fasting is referenced throughout the Bible. Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Elijah, Esther, Paul, even Jesus himself fasted. And in practice, fasting means going without food for the sake of seeking God, either personally or as a group. Some might say that fasting is abstaining from other things that get in the way of our communication with God, such as the internet, phone, TV, and that is true, but primarily fasting means not to eat. It's a way of expressing a hunger for more of God, and it's also a weapon against every force in the world that would seek to take that away. John Piper, who is an American minister and author, he's written a great book on fasting I found so helpful. It's called A Hunger for God. He says, the greatest enemy of hunger for God is not poison, but apple pie. It's not the banquet of the wicked that dulls our appetite for heaven, but endless nibbling at the table of the world. Um, I want to show you a picture This is Christmas dinner. I don't know about you, I absolutely love Christmas dinner. One of the best meals a year in my books. Probably one of the only roasts a year in my house, much to the disappointment of my family. But I do love Christmas dinner. This year we went to Pete's family, to his brother. He is a great cook. Uh, He's also a great host. And before dinner, you know, he's offering around the crisps, the olives, the chocolate, the champagne, and, you know, clearly it's rude to say no, so I'm tucking in, into all the nibbles, and then we come to Christmas dinner, and it's like I'm too full. You know, I feel gutted. I, my appetite has been spent on all the nibbles, forfeiting the great for the good. And I think some of the greatest challenges to loving God are not his enemies, but his gifts. When these simple pleasures replace an appetite for God himself, it can almost be so subtle that we don't realize. I find myself waking up in the morning and thinking, I just need a cup of tea. Once I've had my cup of tea, I'm going to be set up for the day, as though that's going to sustain me more than meeting with God. Or maybe the day's not going quite as well as we planned and we think, what I really need is just a pickup from a chocolate bar and that's going to help me going. And I think fasting is not no to the goodness of food or the generosity of God in providing it. Clearly God created food to be enjoyed. And I think this church does this pretty well, actually. If I was to think of this church, I would say we're a pretty foodie church. Many people here appreciate good food, and they're pretty good at creating really tasty dishes. I know I've tried lots of them. But it's a way of saying from time to time that having more of the giver surpasses the gift. Food is good, but God is better. So let's have a little look at what the Bible says. Um, First of all, let's look at Matthew 6, which says when, not if. Um, this is one of the most telling passages in which uh, fasting is mentioned. And it's the part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is teaching his disciples the br- basic principles of godly living, giving, praying, and fasting. And when he's speaking on fasting, as with all the other um, disciplines, he begins with when you fast, not if you fast. It's almost like Jesus' words are implying that fasting is going to be a regular practice in the lives of his followers. And just as we give ourselves to praying and we want to give our money, so fasting should become a regular habit for us as well. Jesus also makes reference in these verses to the fact that our motive and our heart attitude are of key importance. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. And I think it would be fair to say that few things please us more than our accomplishments. I think that was certainly true for the religious leaders of the day. And even for us, we can find ourselves loving the praise and attention of others. You know, I hope they think I'm doing okay. I hope hope they think I'm pretty spiritual. And there's a danger that our fasting can be more about the impression that we're giving to others, whereas we need to remember that our audience is our Father in heaven. That God says, do it in secret. Integrity is about how you live when no one's watching, isn't it? And we don't need to let everybody know that we're fasting. That doesn't mean if people find out you failed or that fasting with others is banned because we know that the apostles fasted together in the church in Antioch. But our heart attitude needs to be one of humility, not pride. Another important statement by Jesus on fasting is in Matthew 9. And he was questioned as to why the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist fasted while Jesus' disciples did not. I'll just read these couple of verses, 14 and 15. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but you and your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. And for the disciples of Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, the one who'd been promised through the whole of history, he had arrived. He was here. Um, It's like they were rejoicing. Jesus is explaining, the bridegroom, that's me, is still with them. And it's a time of celebration, a time of feasting, not fasting. I know when I go to Anna and Phil's wedding in a couple of weeks, I can't wait. I'm going to be making the most of the great food and drink that's on offer. There's going to be no diets that day. It's like the very absence of fasting in the disciples was a witness to the presence of God in their midst, to celebrating his presence With them. Um, But then Jesus goes on to explain, there will be a time to fast once I've gone, when I return to heaven, until the day when I come back for my glorious bride, the church. And those are the days that we live in now, expectant for that day when Jesus is going to come back for us. Again, John Piper quotes, in this age, There is an ache inside every Christian that Jesus is not here as fully and intimately and powerfully and as gloriously as we would want him to be. We hunger for so much more. That's why we fast. We're not fasting because we're mourning over sin or we're yearning for a deliverer to come like they might have been in the Old Testament. In no ways are we trying to make our way to God. No, today we fast based on the finished work of Jesus. You know, the deliverer has come. Our sin has been dealt with already. That's what we're celebrating with baptism. It's like our sin has been buried with Christ. We've been raised to life with him. Our fasting today is a hunger for more of him and more Of the gospel's power in our lives. So, how do we do this in practice? Well, in the Bible, the examples that we see, it most often meant that you ate nothing and drank only water for a period of time, whether it was a day or two, a week, or longer. Um, Some even fasted for as long as 40 days. We see that with Jesus and Moses. Um, And I guess if you're going to follow that example and you're going to fast for longer than a few days, you're probably going to need to cut down what you eat beforehand and gradually reduce it afterwards. And if you're only going to drink water, if you currently drink a lot of tea or coffee, you're probably going to need to reduce your caffeine as well so you don't get lots of headaches. Um, But essentially, it means that you're not going to eat You're just going to drink. Um, There's also examples of partial fasting through the adjusting of your diet, such as cutting out meat and rich foods like Daniel did in Daniel chapter 10. And some might follow this example where you just cut some foods out or you only um, eat a certain type of food like fruit or bread and that's called a partial, or sometimes it's known as a Daniel fast. And then there's a few examples in the Bible of what's called an absolute fast, where you would abstain from drinking as well as eating. This was a type of fast that Queen Esther instructed Mordecai and the Jews to do on her behalf before she met the king in Esther chapter 4. This only lasted for three days because whereas your body can survive okay for long periods without eating it can only actually survive for a couple of days without drinking Um, but most commonly it involves going without eating any food solid or liquid for some of you i can see the thought of this is just awful just sounds terrible and i was explaining to one of my children he was absolutely horrified at the thought of not eating for any period of time and he was convinced it must be bad for you. But actually, on the contrary, uh, it can actually be physically very beneficial. Um, Probably, I'd say the only exceptions are if you're pregnant, or if you've got a special heart um, condition, or um, health conditions such as diabetes. But for everyone else, fasting can actually be a great way of cleansing the body. But As well as these physical benefits, I believe that there are many spiritual benefits. And I would like to spend a bit of time looking at these. I think there's many, but I just want to highlight five that I think are really important reasons to fast. Okay, so the first one I'd say is to enjoy God more. I believe that fasting allows us to enjoy God more fully, when we acknowledge through fasting that we need God more than anything else, our desire for Him often increases it 's like it can facilitate us moving into god 's presence in a new way luke two um, it tells the story of an eighty four year old prophetess named Anna. Verse 37 says, she never left the temple, but she worshipped night and day, praying and fasting. It's like Anna was so devoted to God that fasting was one expression of her love for him. And I believe that God is after our affections, our preference for him over everything else that he is our Lord, that we're saying, Jesus, I am yours. Just as Georgie's saying today and getting baptized, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You are the most important thing for me. Fasting is a means for us to strengthen and sharpen our passion and enjoyment of him. I would say, secondly, um, our fasting can help us to hear God more clearly. God often speaks to us when we're fasting, and we can certainly become more sensitive to his voice or be aware of God speaking to us through pictures or dreams or visions, as in the case of Daniel and his friends when they fasted and God enabled them to understand dreams and visions I know that Sandra in the church has often said to me that God regularly speaks to her through dreams when she's fasting. It's often a very powerful way of God revealing things to us. Or it might be that we want to hear God over important decisions that we've got to make. I mean, let's face it, there's lots of important decisions that we need to make in life. You know, what job or career we're going to do if we're going to get married, who we're going to marry, where we're going to live. And sometimes we want to know uh, God's direction and God's wisdom for those decisions. Uh, We see an example of this, um, the apostles in Antioch, they were fasting for direction and decision-making in Acts chapter 13. They said, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. It was like God was speaking to them while they were fasting. A few years after we were, Pete and I were first married, we felt God call, uh, stirring us to move house. And in some ways, we didn't really have any need. We had one child, we had a two bedroom place, but we we just felt in our spirit that God was nudging us to, to move. So, we thought, I, we'll know what we'll do. We'll pray and fast about this decision. And we decided to fast and pray. And we also asked God for a sign. We said, Lord, would you give us 5,000 pounds as a sign that it's right for us to move house? So, I mean, let's be bold, you know. So, anyway, we started praying and fasting. And After a little while, we got a phone call one uh, Sunday night to say someone in the family wanted to give us £10,000. We were like amazed. We were like, oh, wow. But then we were thinking, well, I guess both of us were praying and fasting. Do the math. Makes sense, you know. So we moved, and we were only actually there a year, but the finances that we made... On that house enabled us to relocate when God called us to be in a, involved in another church a year later. It's like God had a plan. And so when you're seeking to make a decision or want some direction, fasting can be a good way to hear God. Thirdly, I would say fasting can be a, a means of being prepared, to prepare for important works. I don't know how you get ready for things. Maybe preparation is a new concept in your house. I have quite a few people who work on last-minute panic in my house. I'm not looking in Pete's direction, but um, actually, if we are going to embark on something significant for God, it can actually be a really good idea to fast. At the end of the day, Jesus began his ministry with fasting. Pete in his introduction to the series, mention this. You know, he's about to take on the most important mission in the whole of history. The salvation of the world is at stake. And God allows at the outset for him to be tempted by Satan. And Jesus is led by the spirit to fast. It's like he triumphed over the enemy through fasting. And I would say that in our experience, many of the adventures that God has called Pete and I on, we've known a time of spiritual battle at the outset, whether it's been an attack on our marriage, on our kids, on our finances, you know, often there can be a time of battle and it's good to be ready. You know, we even heard of Joel and Amy who've gone to start a church in Istanbul and just as they're about to go there, some of the team members become so ill that they are hospitalised. And, you know, we've got to recognise that we've got an enemy who is against the kingdom of God advancing. And we can regularly find ourselves in a battle. Fasting can be a good way to be prepared. Another reason to fast is to see breakthrough. This might be breakthrough in healing to know about you, but I, I long to see more people healed when I pray for them. And um, I, Megan actually shared some testimonies with me of when she'd been fasting. Let me just share one of them with her with you. It was, she was saying she was fasting, and during this time, I was praying to see miracles. I went out onto the streets. And I saw my first ever miracle when I prayed for a lady I'd been led to in Primark for her neck to be healed. This triggered then a season where I saw God heal many people through me and bring many people to know Jesus. Brilliant. It also did something significant in my life with realigning my thinking. And that's true. Sometimes fasting can enable us to see the power of God through healing. Also, it can see breakthrough in deliverance, and we can see this in the Bible in Mark chapter 9. We read of Jesus, he's praying for a young boy who's possessed by a demonic spirit which made him mute. And the disciples are arguing because they prayed for him and nothing had happened. But Jesus prays, he rebukes the spirit, and it leaves. And in Mark chapter 9, it says, after Jesus had gone indoors, the disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. And, you know, sometimes to see people set free from the power of Satan, we need to fast before we bring that commanding word with power and authority That almost enables the release. And we witnessed this actually firsthand when we had a guy uh, called Ram Babu. He's an um, uh, Indian evangelist who's got a powerful healing and deliverance ministry. He was staying in our house for a while while he was doing a mission um, in our church. And he would fast each day to enable the Holy Spirit to move powerfully through the meeting in the evening. And many were set free, healed, and delivered from demonic oppression. And it's like fasting was an important part of his ministry. Or it might be breakthrough in other areas of your life. You might be facing a really challenging situation And I know from personal experience the power of fasting in seeing challenging situations change. Um, Some years ago, one of our children was actually going through a very difficult time. Our relationship with them was very strained. And they were getting involved in habits and activities that were pulling them away from God and from us. And it, it was painful to watch. Pete and I decided that we would pray and fast each week specifically for this. And even within a short space of time, things changed significantly. The behavior was radically different. And it was unexplainable apart from the fact that we'd been praying and fasting. And even recently, I asked them, what what happened in that time to make you change? And... They said, I I don't really know. It it must have been God. And, you know, fasting can bring breakthrough. And finally, we fast to see the kingdom of God come. That's already come through so much of this morning uh, that we long to see more of the kingdom of God here on this earth. And there's a famous passage in the Bible in Isaiah 58, verses 6 to 7. It says, Is this not the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them? And not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And, you know, we know, don't we, that people live under all kinds of um, oppression, either imposed by themselves or others. There's human trafficking, sexual abuse, drugs, poverty, domestic violence. And God's heart is for them to be set free. And the power for this is in the gospel. And often through fasting, this power can be released through us. We want to see more of the kingdom of heaven on earth, for more to come to know him and know their lives transformed. Even as we were hearing about Edward sharing about the hunger crisis at the moment that's happening in parts of East Africa, we need God desperately, don't we, to break in and it's almost like the absence of fasting is saying that we're satisfied with the state of the world. We, we're comfortable with the way things are. Fasting is an expression for a longing for more of God. It's like we're saying, Come, Lord Jesus, come into this broken world. That's why we fast. I wonder do you long for more of God in your own life do you want to see tough situations a breakthrough in tough situations that you're facing do you want to see the power of the gospel in your workplace or your community that we live or indeed in the challenging situations that we see on the news internationally I know many people in this church fast regularly. I know because I've asked them and I've heard stories of God at work in their lives and in the lives of those around them. As a church, we even have weeks of prayer and fasting. I believe the next one is uh, the week beginning the 7th of May. Why not join us? Why not fast as we seek God together? You might begin by just missing one or two meals But you could even start next week. You could even fast next week and ask God to speak to you. To listen for words of knowledge and come ready to see breakthrough next week. I think let's awaken and increase our appetite for God. For us to acknowledge that there is nothing on earth that can satisfy the deep longings of our soul besides God. Psalm 42 verse 1 says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, my God. Surely that's our prayer. It's like we're just hungering for more of God. Fasting with a desire to know more of him and see more of his kingdom come on the earth. Amen.